0: Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Amen. The word of God for our special meditation this evening is found in the book of Romans, chapter 15, verses 11 to 13. And again, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles, and let all the peoples give him praise. And again Isaiah says, there will be a root of Jesse, and he is the one who will rise up to rule the Gentiles On him the Gentiles will place their hope. Now may the God of hope fill you with complete joy and peace as you continue to believe so that you overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. This is the word of the Lord. Dear friends of the Christ child, Now, that doesn't sound very safe, does it? Not right now. Overflow with hope? I mean, when a river overflows its banks or a bathtub overflows onto the floor and down into the room below, that's a bad thing. And overflowing with hope? Well, that just makes me think of what Red told Andy in the movie The Shawshank Redemption. Let me tell you something, my friend. Hope is a dangerous thing. Hope can drive a man insane. It's got no use on the inside. You'd better get used to that idea. Now, sure, Red was talking about life in prison. But with the year that we've had, I'm sure that you can see the parallels. How much good did it do anyone this year to hope for COVID-19 to die out before the summer? How much good did it do to hope for a carefree family vacation far from home? To hope for a return to your workplace or to school in the fall? And what about the people who hoped to spend time with a loved one before he died, but were not allowed to? Or the people who hoped that everything would be normal again and that people would all get along again once the election was over. All that hoping would have been disheartening and discouraging and therefore dangerous to anyone's mental health because those were unfulfilled hopes. And looking back now, we see that they were never going to be fulfilled. And such hopes, like dreams, when they are dashed, leave you in even worse shape than you were in before. But there is another quote in the Shawshank Redemption that's worth remembering, too. At the end, in his letter to Red, Andy offers a different perspective. Remember, Red, hope is a good thing, maybe the best of things, and no good thing ever dies. And the final lines of the movie have red telling us what he was hoping. And we see those hopes fulfilled. Now, The Shawshank Redemption is not a Christmas movie, but it is one of those movies that gets shown over and over on TV because it's one of those great movies that just doesn't get old. And one of the main reasons people will watch it more than once is because once you have seen it the first time, you know how it ends, and you know that Andy's hope was not a dangerous thing for him, but the best of things, despite the years of injustice and abuse that he suffers. And that helps us understand what the hope is that God gave us with Christmas, and still gives us. It's not just wishing for something to be true, or better, or merely different. It is knowing, knowing that the good that you need and long for is coming and will be yours. It's just not here yet. It doesn't matter what kinds of trouble or unhappiness that you're living through. And a change in conditions doesn't make it conditional. Christian hope, Christmas hope, is sure and certain. And in a way, hard times make that hope even more powerful. Because it brings God's strength into our hearts when otherwise we'd just be relying on ourselves or the the futility of positive thinking. A reading earlier from Titus made the point, made that point about what God does being what matters. There are no righteous works that we do by ourselves that can do anything to save us from our sins, gain us eternal life in heaven, or even make our lives here on earth more worthy of His blessing. We are all, from the moment we come into existence in our mother's wombs, stained with the guilt of sin. And from the moment we make our first choices, we commit sin after sin, serving ourselves instead of others, putting our own convenience and desires ahead of others' needs, telling God to get lost when we don't like what His Word has to say about what we do and have done, placing anything and anyone but our Lord and Creator in the number one spot in our hearts and lives, and and so much more. We could list just one day's worth of lies and deceptions, hurtful words and hateful thoughts, selfish acts and unholy habits, and, and any one of those sins, would be enough to damn us to hell for eternity. But add them all up, and and add them to all the sins of all the other days of our lives, and it becomes painfully clear why no human being on his or her own would or could ever be able to gain God's favor or make a serious claim to belong with Him in heaven. To save ourselves is a hopeless endeavor and a dangerous thing. Which is why the only hope there can be for us is the hope that God Himself provides. And because He is a God of kindness and love, He shows us that mercy. He gives us what we do not deserve so that we do not have to suffer what we do deserve. And He does this whether we think to ask Him to or not. Our first reading from Isaiah 7 showed us how the Lord even gave one of the greatest prophecies about the coming Savior to a wicked and unbelieving king, Ahaz, who pretended that his apostasy was piety. Isaiah gave him good news that he did not deserve. He told him that God was coming to live with men and women and save them. Emmanuel, God with us. Hope was coming. And Luke told us how hope arrived one deep, dark night in Bethlehem. What an amazing, awe inspiring, jaw dropping thought that the hope of all the world's salvation was a tiny, wriggling infant boy wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. But he was that hope. Now, yes. There was a bright light and an angelic choir, but that was only to announce the birth after the fact to a bunch of shepherds in a far-off field. Hope did not arrive on the earth with drums or trumpets or pageantry or glitz or glamour. Just a baby boy born to a humble mother and laid to rest where animals eat. But don't let the humility fool you. That baby was the Son of God come in human flesh so that in being one of us and living as one of us and living for us, He could become and pay the ransom price for all our sins. A perfect life of obedience to His Father was required of us, but impossible for us, so He did it for us. And because He was God, it could count for us. And then when sinful men determined that the Messiah God sent them wasn't the Messiah they wanted, when Jesus was brought down by injustice, falsely accused, corruptly sentenced, brutally beaten and bloodied, forsaken by His friends and His Father, crowned with thorns, nailed to a cross, insulted and abandoned. When He suffered and died, He did all of that, endured all of that in our place, suffering the pains of hell and dying the death we deserved. And because He was God, it counted for all of us. The angels announced, to make it unquestionably clear, that though He was born King of the Jews, His birth meant peace to the earth and goodwill toward all of mankind. The Old Testament passages that the Apostle Paul quotes in our reading here from Romans 15 spell it out. All the peoples of all the nations, both Jew and Gentile, have reason to praise the Lord. From the root of Jesse, Christ's ancestor, the father of David, from the root of Jesse would spring up and did rise up the one, the Savior, in whom they would place their hope, the only one worth putting their hope in ever. And he rules the Gentiles, but not not as a despot or a tyrant, but as a gentle and loving shepherd who leads his sheep to quiet waters, green pastures, and eternal safety. And this is the story of Christmas. It's not just what Luke told us about Mary and Joseph and the baby and the manger and the swaddling cloths and the angels and the shepherds. The story of Christmas is the story of hope for all people of every nation because it is the story of all the worlds and your salvation. Today, in the town of David, a Savior is born for you. He is Christ the Lord. So hope has arrived for you. And for your family, for your friends, your neighbors, your rivals, your enemies, your colleagues, your classmates, everyone. In the deepest grief, you have hope because you know that Jesus conquered death when He rose from the dead and now eternal life in heaven belongs to all who trust in Him. On the darkest of days, you have hope because you are certain that everlasting peace and bliss await you in paradise because Christ won that for you on the cross and because God has promised. And Christmas proves that God keeps His promises. In your pain's through your problems with a pandemic, with cancer, with loss in loneliness, when abused or persecuted, when feeling forsaken or friendless, through unrest and even in wartime, you have hope. Because you understand that you cannot save yourself from any of it. But there is no doubt that in Jesus, God has saved you from everything. So what do we do with that hope? Most of all, we trust it. We don't confuse our hope in Christ with the kind of hope people have in mind when they say things like, I hope it snows on Christmas. Or, I hope that girl I have a crush on will go out with me. Neither does our hope resemble the the straw man that skeptics argue against. What we have and, and count on is it is not irrational or without reason. It is not just something that you, you grab onto in moments of weakness or pain to fool yourself into thinking better days are ahead. This is real. This is certain. Jesus was born just as God promised. And Jesus lived, suffered, died, and rose again for you just as God promised. It happened. Our hope arrived, and it, He, will never disappoint us. And as we continue to believe in Jesus and hold on to that hope, we also grab hold of the joy and the peace that go with it. The same joy and peace the angels proclaimed with praise to the shepherds at Christ's birth. Now, does this mean that we will always be happy or that our lives will always be free of of stress and strain? Hardly. Though we are redeemed, washed, and renewed, we are still sinners living in a sinful world. And Jesus warned us that just as they mistreated Him, they will mistreat those who follow Him. But we have light in our darkness and power in our weakness. What we have in Christ gives us joy that survives through the deepest of suffering and peace that passes understanding. We do not just wish for it. We have it. Hope. But the blessing Paul closes with here shows us there's one more thing to do with this hope. Overflow with it. Abound in it. Let it fill, characterize, and energize your life and everything you do. The Holy Spirit, who gives you the faith that trusts in Christ and who works through the gospel to nurture that faith, will empower you to do this. And watch out when He does. You know, Christian hope, which is Christmas, hope, is dangerous in all the right ways. It takes you places that you might otherwise never go. It helps you say things you never thought you'd be able to say. It leads you to take just the kinds of risks that bring the kingdom of God crashing into the lives of sinners who desperately need exactly the hope that overflows from you. This hope strengthens you and and stiffens your spine so that you endure the worst your enemies might impose on you and come out not only with your faith intact, but ready to proclaim Christ and His salvation to any and all. You may never have thought about Christmas that way before, but it's all there in the story and throughout the Scriptures. This is God's announcement to all the world and to every sinner that hope has arrived. And so we rejoice and and so we sing, not just tonight, but, but throughout our lives. Let us praise God with all the nations Praise the Lord with the Gentiles, for on Jesus Christ, the root of Jesse, the baby born in Bethlehem, we have placed our hope. This is our joy. Hallelujah. Glory to God in the highest. Amen. Please rise. Now may the God of hope fill you with complete joy and peace as you continue to believe so that you overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen.